Career Day Live is a Stop Clowning Around production. You can learn how Stop Clowning Around helps people succeed in life and career by mastering the art of connection and relationships by visiting StopClowningAround.com or Facebook.com forward slash StopClowningAround. From the outside, this episode highlights a job that may be one of the most exciting in my mind. The idea of living a life in the skies, meeting many different types of people, traveling to all different places of the country, or maybe even the world. But is this job as great as it might seem on the outside? Or is there more to know about it? Well, in today's episode, we learn from our special guest, Scott Boyer, what the life as a flight attendant actually looks like. Well, Scott, I want to thank you for taking time to share about your role, but I don't want to take anything away. Tell us, what is your role and how'd you get in it? Uh, It's an interesting story. I I work for a major airline and uh, I have worked for about 22 years and I got into it in a strange story. I, my aunt was a flight attendant before mm-hmm. and uh, I heard that you can meet girls and fly for free. And when I heard that, I thought I like to fly. I like to meet people. I don't have a problem with meeting girls. So I went the next day and um, got on with uh, TWA at the time, believe it or not. So how, how old were you about this time? 20 years old. Did you have a college degree or was that even required? It was not. And I was going to college at the time. So I didn't never finish and, and fully got my degree. And it's still the case today, too. Okay. So it was all about the girls at the time. At the time, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I did meet my wife. So it's a good thing. All right. So TWA no longer exists. Anyone listening to this, quite frankly, may not even know what TWA is or who TWA is. Um, but that's merged or your career has merged to another major airline at this point yeah well twa did but i wasn't i'm not with twa or or american but they did merge with they were they were a st louis based and new york based airline at the time but they are no longer with us interesting yeah interesting yeah but i made a good move and and made the move before that all happened all right so keep uh keep walking down this path so um i basically Went, I heard that they were hiring, and so I went, and at that time, what they did was they had, uh, they called them cattle calls, and they had, basically, they put you in a room with a hundred people, and you had to go up in the room, and at the front of the room, and they said, talk about yourself. This is kind of the group interview type mm-hmm. thing, level one, and so I went up in the front and just quickly gave some stories, and they are evaluating you, seeing how you do with people, how you communicate, what you, you know, what you're putting off. And then after that, they call you in and let you know if you made it or not to the second interview, which is, which is a level two interview, which is a one-on-one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got that, had, had a successful interview. And then the call after that was, do you want the job? If you want the job, you have to go through a training period and the training period. There's a, there's a training period of about a month and a half, which took place in St. Louis. And you basically you're going through testing, you're learning about safety, you're learning about CPR, 
You're learning about uh, the doors and, and arming the doors and all this stuff that you have to know. You have to absolutely know as a flight attendant. Once you pass that uh, and learn about the, the, the field, then after about a month and a half, you're, you're a flight attendant. And you're out there, yeah, you're out there flying and, and you're flying domestic or international, your preference. And a lot of times you start on reserve, which is a big thing that if you're considering the job, this is a, a big part of something you'd want to know. Reserve is basically flight attendants that are on call. It's much like a doctor or a firefighter. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a group of days where you're on, where you're on and you have to be phone ready and they can call you out as much as, as short as four hours. Okay. So I've had many middle of the night calls saying, you know, we need you to fly to New York. We need you to fly to San Francisco. Um, the good thing about it is you might not get used and you're still getting paid. So for me, it was like a, a snow day, you know, as a kid. Okay, so you, you're still getting paid in that time. It doesn't necessarily affect um, your pay structure. It's just, are you actually working Correct. during that period of time that you're on call? It's the one thing about reserve that I do miss, not working and getting paid. <laughs> Naturally. I get it. I get it. Yeah. For sure. Well, let me ask this. Uh, now that you are beyond reserve, do you fly typically the same patterns or... Is there a variety in the flights that you're working? So I've got 22 years of seniority, and that's about halfway. You'd think mm -hmm. that that's really good, but seniority is everything in the airline business. And right now, I thankfully, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to have uh, a schedule to where I'm fully off reserve, and I pretty much get to choose what I want, what I can hold. And right now, I've got, people are going to think this is boring if they're getting into it for the travel mainly for the travel and the layovers, I fly one-day trips. I fly to New York and back, and I'm home by noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I do that Monday through Friday. Well, really, I don't really work a five-day week. So I usually work three or four days a week, and it's it's awesome. I'm not kidding. It's it's. I mean, I put in some time to be able to hold that line, mm -hmm. but I've been everywhere in the, in the country. So okay. I'm kind of past the days of – Oh, I get to go to, you know, Niagara Falls or, oh, I get to go to, you know, Portland, Oregon, all these, these places. I've kind of gotten to do that. So I'm a little bit over them. Right. But I've gotten to do that, which is more than most people can say. Right. Right. You know, I think there's two things I want to bring out that I know about you personally that the audience does not necessarily know that is to me fairly important. One being travel in general. A lot of people look at those who travel and they don't travel per se and they, they see that someone travels on business. It's not as glamorous mm. as it looks from the outside. It's actually very tiresome and, and very hard on you. And, and I know that from being in travel, not yeah. the industry, but traveling on my jobs and you being in it, you've learned that uh, life is about sharing those experiences, not just about seeing it. At the same time, on that exact same note, I want the listeners to know you got into this industry because of the girls, but <laughs> you are a solid man who is happily married and very mature in what you do. It's no longer about the girls. Your, your purpose has changed uh, drastically. Yes. So maybe that's a shift. Let's talk about some of the things in your job that you like, that gives you purpose. Why 22 years later you are still working in this industry as a flight attendant? That's a good question, Scott. I would say, um, well, honestly, one of the big ones is flexibility. Uh, the The flexibility is, it's not a nine to fiver. I, I can work kind of when I want 
and uh, and not work when I want. <clears throat> but I love the variety. I I absolutely in an office job. Nothing wrong with this, but I mean, if you have a, a an issue with somebody and you just can't get over it, if I have that, I don't have to see him again. Right. I can trade out of my trips, or I can drop a trip. Um, and in this situation, I kind of think it's it's really fun to go to work and not know who you're going to be meeting for the day. And then that's just flight attendants. That's just fellow flight attendants. Not to mention the hundreds of people that I see on a, on an aircraft every day of my life uh, that I work. Right. So that is such a fun, really, really exciting part too. I mean, if you really like meeting people and you just never know what's going to happen in the day, that that really gets me up in the morning. Right. And, and the per, part of the reason I also that I like it is when I meet people, I mean, we, we just have the best conversations. And I've learned that there's a whole nother world out there. And, you know, we're from a, a small town of Festus, Missouri, which was around seven or 8,000 people. Coming out of that and moving to Chicago was the best thing for me because, you know, getting to know other people and that they, they've got different beliefs and they've got different ways of life and there's different cultures and things. And I've been able to travel to these places has opened my eyes and has given me more of a respect for other people and where they right. stand. One of the things I talk about all the time is perspective. You know, we need to be able to take off our glasses and put on the lens of someone else because just because it feels right to us or seems right to us, it, it's based on the bubble we were raised in, regardless of yeah. the size of that bubble. So I agree with you. Really, um, to me, advice I would give to any young person or really someone who maybe hasn't taken that time to get out of their small little world, I think when you bust that bubble, the world becomes, well, much bigger but it's the perspectives you begin to see. And you see that everyone's a human being, different upbringings, different cultures, different, lots of differences. But that's really, to me, what makes the world beautiful is mm. all the differences of, but yet at the same time, we're, we're the same. We're still human. Yes. And that, that is uh, exciting to me. Now with that, yeah. let, me, let me ask, <clears throat> it sounds like to really enjoy this role and to be successful in it, you need to be a people person. Absolutely. And then it also sounds like, you know, just based on the interview, that you really need to be comfortable speaking in public at some level because I'm not sure you would have even made it through if you would have got all nervous and not been able to come off like you can talk a little bit. Is, is that accurate statements? Yes. Uh, at, at very minimal, you're making announcements. Now, at least you don't have to be seen. You can kind of mm -hmm. hide when you're doing it. But you're out in the public. You're in the public eye. And these days with social media, you're in the public eye. But <clears throat> it's helped me tremendously to be able to diffuse situations. It's helped me uh, in just dealing with people and the positives, the negatives, you name it. But it's, it's, been, a, it's been a huge blessing and it's helped shape me as a human being and, and, and grow me up. Excellent. Are there other things about this that you just absolutely love? That you, when people say, hey, what do you do and what do you love about the job? I see you glowing about people, and, and I've always known you as a people person. But what are some of the other things? Flexibility, people, is there anything else that you say, man, this job's just amazing for this? Well, I, if, if I can talk about a few of the benefits, um, this is kind of, uh, not kind of, it's, it's an absolute blessing to be able to fly nearly for free. So I've gotten to... Just with the benefits, I've gotten to fly first class. If it's available, we, we fly space available. So if, if it's available, I mean, the world is yours. 
and the the places that you can go to. Um, I remember I flew first class back and forth to Hawaii one time, just on a whim. Like, hey, you know, what what do you say we we, we have a few days off? What do you you want to go with a friend and just went down to Hawaii? And afterwards, I had such a great time, and it was first class service, and I'm in a 747, and and I I, I called and I said, hey, how much would a first class ticket be <laughs> to Hawaii? And it was an obscene amount, Scott. It was it was thousands of dollars. And I thought, I'd never be able to afford that. And here I am to be able to do that for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a perk that, you know, is goes without saying. That's that's a huge one. That's pretty great. And that's in your off time, too. So it's not like uh, you have to be working to take advantage of the flights. You can, in your days off, week off, you can fly. Uh, I'm sure there's some flexibility you have to have in your ability of those flights i I think you said they have to have that space for you yeah that's you can pretty much fly wherever yeah the main thing i mean you when you become a flight attendant you you can ask any flight attendant you get really good at checking loads and you know realizing kind of the patterns and how things get you know heavier the loads will get full the night before and so it's always interesting when friends will ask me for for buddy passes companions and they'll tell me where they want to go if they want to go to Florida or Phoenix or some of the hot spots when it's cold in Midwest, mm-hmm. I discourage it because those are going to be full flights. Unless it's just one person, that's usually right. not a problem. But, um, you know, when the flights are full or if there's cancellations or if there's weather, uh, if you're flying standby, it can be a tough day. So that's just the reality of it. It's it's not all 100% glamorous. I mean, there's nothing worse than... You're packed and you're ready to go, Scott, and the flight fills up and you get bumped. <laughs> that is tough. Sure, sure that is. Uh, yeah. You're, you're all ready to go. <clears throat> well, you know, all these are, are amazing things. And, and I see the I see the many benefits to why one would want to do this. Uh, I think I want to ask another question, mm-hmm. though. In my personal experience of flying, I'm going to go back 20-some odd years when I first got in the industry. And at the time, it was a younger... Um, airline, mm-hmm. Southwest Airlines. And I remember most of the flight attendants on those flights being younger, really my age. It seemed like a lot of young people on that. And to this day, I still fly a lot of Southwest. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that most of the flight attendants have aged right along with me. <laughs> right. And I really do not see a lot mm-hmm. of young flight attendants anymore. It seems like people like the role when they're in it, they stay. And they do it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult these days to get into this field or is there still plenty of opportunity? So I think one of the reasons why people stick around is because of the flexibility and they don't want to go back to a nine to five. The turnover rate for a flight attendant position, a major airline, a decent one, is really low, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. I, I don't have right. any plans to leave anytime soon, you know, and I, but I also think that, um, there, there's low turnover, but I think the other thing is they are hiring. Um, my airline is hiring off and on. Part of it is because the, and you should know this if you're thinking about it, the reserve is tough at times and you get, and we've got a lot of young people who come in who were expecting certain things and they were expecting the glamour, but they don't know, they weren't told about, the, the all-nighters, the red eyes, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, or some of the long days or some of the flight cancellations or delays. And so um, 
young people are getting hired. They are hiring, well, young and old, but they're hiring new flight attendants. But um, some of them don't stick around. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but maybe it wasn't like they thought it was going to be, which is why these podcasts are great. So you're being very <clears throat> clear with us about a, a downside to getting into the industry. And it is really that you have to put in your time. You have to put in your work. And the first, I don't know, few years is not necessarily an easy go. So um, I feel young people, I feel our generations in general, we've kind of got into this get rich quick mindset. Mm. We want things to happen immediately. We just want it to be there. And it sounds to me that this world requires a little bit of effort up front before you get to feel the amazing perks that you've expressed. Yeah, I think if you go into it and you're thinking, and, and granted, I mean, if, if you know right away this isn't something for you, then, you know, by all means, make a, make a move. But if you go into it and you believe that it's going to be something good, I can tell you it, it definitely can be, but you have to be willing to put in some time and you have to be willing to put in some some hard nights. You got to be willing to put in some sacrifices. Uh, you know, I remember wanting to do things and, and be at weddings and here I was on call and I couldn't commit. Mm-hmm. And even meetings and things and doing some stuff in general, my friends got used to me saying, well, I'm on call those days. So as it is right now, good, but I could be called out. And so um, that kind of comes with the territory. But I think if you if you go in and you you put in some time and, and man, get some seniority, oh man, things can get I believe it gets better and better and better. I think everything is better with time and effort. Amen. And I, I talk to those seeking executive type positions and we want to jump job to job to job. And in my experience, what I've really learned is those excellent perks, whatever industry you're in, whatever you're trying to be excellent in really comes through faithfulness over time. And I've never really seen a high-level manager make it to his role by jumping, jumping, jumping. At mm. some point, you have to say, I am in, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to do an amazing job, and allow the system to pull you through. Yes. Yes. And it's available. I mean, you can, there's supervisor positions, there's, in, in this, this is a huge company of over uh, 90,000 employees, wow. this, this happens to be. So there's tremendous availabilities, possibilities and potential to move up in the company um, but I will say getting in, you asked earlier and I, I failed to say getting in and, and the higher, I did hear that they, 43,000 people applied for the flight attendant position during one year. This is a few years ago, 9,000 people got interviews mm-hmm. and they ended up hiring about 2000. Wow. So when you look at it that way, I've talked to new flight attendants and they, they're kind of you know, complaining about certain things. I just encourage them that first of all, you got hired, you know, give it a chance, give it a fair chance because there's a lot of people that want in on this and didn't get the opportunity and maybe right. have tried again. Right. So, right. That, that's excellent information, by the way. Scott, I got to ask you, you're one of the nicest guys I know. And, and I sincerely mean that. And I fly enough though, that I recognize sometimes people in an airport uh, passengers can get grumpy about things that are not within the control of airline personnel, especially flight attendants. How do you deal with that? Because I'm sitting here just from the outside looking in <clears throat> saying, how are you keeping that smile on your face? How are you continuing to be polite? 
this person's being, sorry, audience, a complete jerk. And <laughs> yet the flight attendants are so professional. How how do you develop that skill set? Because underneath, you got to be wanting to fight at some level. Well, I wish I could say that I'm batting 100 or batting 1,000, uh, but I've had my days um, of just, you know, the beautiful thing is maybe calling on your co- your colleague, your fellow flight attendant to kind of step in. If you're having a rough day, uh, maybe they want to just deal with somebody else and they, they don't like you because you remind them of somebody they didn't like. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> it's interesting. I, I had a situation recently because we do have a, a, a share of what you call them problem passengers or maybe just customers that are having tough days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I try to look at right, it. It's right. not just chalk them up as this problem child, but a person who's had a rough day and we don't know where people are are at and what they're right. going through. Right. And in this particular situation, Scott, um, I had a gentleman sitting in, in economy in coach who asked me to hang his jacket in first class. Now, a lot of these aircrafts, people don't realize they've added extra seating, which means smaller space for everybody Mm -hmm. and they've removed the closets if you find an airplane with a closet god bless you (laughs) you know and in this situation they we hang the jackets behind the first class row of seats so this gentleman asked me hey can you hang my jacket in first class and it was wide open overhead bin space and i said i can put it up here for you sir and he said no I, i prefer it hung in the first class so for him i went up and took a quick glance and it was full and if you, I don't know if you know, but those seats only recline so far. Right. The thicker the the you know the coats, the less room they have right. to recline. So I just really don't like doing that. But I was being polite for him, and uh, I just said, you know, it's full. Here you go. And so that was that. And I go on about my business. Well, I received a call from my first class galley pass, uh, flight attendant, and she said the gentleman is up here taking pictures of the hangers, the available hangers, and he says he's offended. Because you need to talk to him. So I said, what in the world? So I went up to the gentleman, knelt down, didn't even get to say a word. And he says, no joke, you lied to me. There was room up there. I'm offended. I'm hurt. I'm going to I'm gonna send these pictures into the company and, and put your name. What's your name? And I didn't handle it great. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I tried to diffuse the situation, but this man was shaken. Right. He really, now this is where our society has gotten, Scott. Right, right. Where uh, if we don't lay down and, and, and bow down, you know, to something that isn't even policy. Think about right. it. He wanted to hang his coach, you know, he's sitting in coach. He wanted me to hang it in first class, which That's is. That's a right of really first class. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you get the, that area because you paid for first class. Thank you. Right. And so he was mad and wanted to, and, and there was a little bit of space on the other side. I didn't even look on the other side. There's a couple hangers left, but, and he said, well, if it was policy, you should have told me policy. You lied and, and this and that. I said, sir, I'm sorry, but the view that I took, you're, you, you know, you feel free to look. But sadly, we all had to write reports to back me up. One of my fellow flight attendants said, I'm going to write a Bravo, which is like a, like a, you did excellent. You know, we can write our coworkers because we all have to deal with this to a degree. It's a different right. world out there. Right. But the beautiful thing is I do believe it builds character. I believe it builds patience. It, it causes me to walk and be humble, even in my job, even if I was right, I don't want to lose the passenger because I was right. And, and, you know, shut him down completely. I, there's still a level of an air of respect that I want to have. And, and so, um, it really is, it can be challenging every day. 
And I would, I would encourage anybody who's, who's trying to get into these jobs or, or, or whatever line of business you're trying to get in, man, pray or do meditate, whatever you need to do, be, get your mind set before you come in that you're willing, you're, you're serving the public. So it's going to take help to do these things. Right. Scott, let me ask this. We talked about the good, the bad. We, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Sure. We've done a great job here. There's still opportunity for someone who would like to get into this industry. Uh, we've talked about the natural skill sets they need to have. But is there anything else that you would tell a younger person or someone that would like to transition into this type of role, what they should do to best prep for an opportunity? Yeah, I think I think number one is having a second language is a huge, huge point towards you. Okay. Um, I think the other thing is learning about the the core values of the company. So in our company, uh, there's integrity, respect, and um, anticipating certain needs. There's uh, four or five different levels of of um, values that people need to know. You know that that we live by, and so. If you are interested, especially if you get to those interviews, the important thing is to start to know uh, what those what those company values are, and and if you're going to be able to rep- represent that company and represent those values, that's a huge blessing. That's a huge important part. Also, if you're committed, if you're if you come in and they're asking you these questions about where do you see yourself in a year or two years, man, come in with the mentality that I want this to work. And I'm willing to make sacrifices and put in the tough work so that down the road I can have the flexibility that I want. I can come and go. I don't. I can drop trips. I can. Where in the world can you just call up the night before and say, if coverage is available, um, can I take the day off? Right. And they say, yeah. Now you won't get credit for that trip, but how easy is that? It's so right. easy sometimes that it's tempting to just take right. days off. <laughs> You know, I'm reminded of a quote by Dave Ramsey, and he's usually talking about financial items when he says this, but it's very similar to what you just said. And he always says, live like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. And I think there's truth of making sacrifices that other people are not willing to make so that one day you can have that flexibility and the enjoyment and the perks of the job that no one else gets to have in their role. Yes. And so, you know, I... Everything in life to me works that way. Sometimes we got to make the sacrifice early on to get that that big gain, and that is the the theme I've really picked up in this conversation. I'd like to touch on a topic uh, for for all the listeners because I think it's the question that everyone's always asking. I just mentioned Dave Ramsey; he's a financial guru. So let's go ahead and make the jump to finances. What can one kind of expect to make starting out? In, in the world of a, uh, being a flight attendant. So starting out for a flight attendant, uh, I'm <clears throat> if I'm correct in this, it's around 40000 a year. And I know okay. that's not great. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you put in the time, it, it's a pay scale of uh, A, B. You, 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 when you come in, you're on the B scale. Then you get up to the A scale. And then after a certain amount of time, um, after 14 years, you're at the top top pay scale of per flight hour. So right now, um, the beautiful thing is, so I'm, I've met that and people are able to put in, there's no cap. So people are able to put in, um, 
a hundred hours a month of flight time, 150. I don't know how they do it. You know, right, I fly right. a very comfortable about 85 hours a month right. flight time. And, uh, and that, that's on average what that equals out to be is about three to four days a week. That's it. Right. And, and, and it's still, I still do fairly well, but I have the opportunity to fly more if I'd like. It's there. You can pick up trips as much as you want. So this is very interesting because of the flexibility. You really manage how much you want to work. And we're going to talk about yes. your flexibility here in one second. But let's just uh, looking at your peers and average top mm-hmm. pay range. What can someone make? You know, because it sounds like maybe it's not called overtime, but you can work overtime. You, you can take on as much a, a, as you want to do. Can someone, I'll just ask it this way. Can someone make 86 uh, figures? Can they do that type yes. in, in the world? Okay. Somebody can make a hundred over over $100,000 a year being a flight attendant. Man, that's pretty awesome. It and is. you get to travel. And oh, yeah. you get to be around people. And oh, yeah. you get to – that's – that's uh, And even – I mean, if you want to tr- fly trips and have layovers, think about it. I mean, I'm having layovers. Now, you're working, but you're resting somewhere maybe in the sun by the pool. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's another perk that uh, – I remember thinking when I went back to a nine to five job just for a year, uh, somebody asked me on a very cold day, what would you be doing if you were fl- flying again? I said, I would be looking for a trip in Florida or somewhere in the sun, sitting out by the pool, getting out of this cold. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a beautiful perk. <laughs> I'm sold at this point. I, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about making a little switch myself. <laughs> right. Actually, I, I want to talk about one last item. You've talked about the flexibility. You've talked about some of the things that... Uh, you kind of limit your hours. Uh, you you keep life in balance. And John Maxwell talks about how many of us reach a level of maturity in life where we move from pursuing things and success to more of a pursuit of significance. Mm. And <clears throat> I know that recently, within the last several years, you and your wife have moved to an area of significance with the uh, Jasmine Rose Foundation. I'm going to let you tell the audience a little bit about this in, in your heart, but I wanted you to be able to share how this role that you're in also gives you the ability to have significance in the world around us. Well, I appreciate it. Um, my wife and I started an orphanage and we started it in the Philippines, which is where she's from. And I don't know, honestly, if I can say that we would have been able to do that if I didn't have the job that I had. Uh I am really thankful that my job allows us to fly there for free, back and forth, nearly free. We pay mm-hmm. taxes and some things, but um, when you when you stack it up against how much a ticket would be, right? Oh, it's it's right. gladly. How can I tip you? You know, <laughs> so, and um, so this this job has really been a blessing in that we want to we wanted to step out and do something, as you said, of significance and be able to help. There's a time for being able to travel and just enjoy each other and enjoy your time, you know, getting away from things. But, you know, we've done that and I've done that. And so at this point in our lives, we did. We just decided to to think about others and, and do, you know, and share. And so this this job has been instrumental, not just in the availability, in the in the opportunity to be able to fly over there for free, but getting the time off to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I. I. I hear people even in the industry today complain, but I think that in any industry, you're going to have your negative negativity. You're going to have your complainers. My company has actually, um, we log our hours in as volunteers. They support certain volunteer uh, missions and organizations. 
And so if you log your hours and submit it, you might be up for a donation. My company has donated over um, $2,000 as we speak. Oh, wow. And I am proud. And I just want to say that to some of my friends and some of my colleagues when they complain. I'm thinking there's there's really cool things here mm-hmm. that are available that maybe they just didn't know of. Right. So on top of the perks and things that we have. Right. Now, I, I love that outlook, too, because we sometimes make our workplace our enemy. But the reality is it's a business and, and they're in it to make money. Sure. They're it's business. <laughs> right. But often there are so many opportunities and so many benefits within our organizations that we're just either not taking advantage of or not looking at the positives. And even when we're having down days or managers aren't being as nice as what they, we want them to be and things just aren't going well. I think sometimes we just need to step back and say, I wouldn't have the life I have without this, though. And and just remember to be grateful for what we do have. Yes, sir. Count your blessings. I mean, something as simple as not having a supervisor uh, breathing down your neck all the time. The freedom that we have in this job is mm-hmm. is pretty overwhelming considering what we deal with every day. Right. You know, and some of the difficulties that we have. But, you know, they do. They empower you to go out and and make a difference and, and be on top of things and serve and anticipate needs. And really, this is just the truth, whether I remember it every day or not. You do have the ability in, in the travel industry to make somebody's day or make or worsen it. You mm-hmm. know, if you if you don't wow. have your day getting better. And I, I try to remember that every day and I try to go in to my job prepared to be able to be a blessing to, to my surroundings. So we talked about significance with the orphanage, but the reality is you have an opportunity to bring significance every day mm. if you can bring the right attitude and motivation to your job. I think I think we all do in anything that we do, um, but this is one that just translates into uh, hundreds of different people every day, and, and who knows what the opportunities can, can bring about. Wow. Well, Scott, unfortunately, time has run out. I always hate that part because this could go on for a while. Sure. I enjoy uh, the time together. I appreciate you taking time to speak about your role, what it means, and helping, again, young people or those look in transition to have a better idea of what it's like to move into this type of role. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing more to say, but thanks. My pleasure. Uh, young people or old people, if you're considering it, I would I would open up to thinking opportunity. There's opportunity with people. And so I encourage you, jump into it. It's good stuff. This program is only possible with the support of guests that care about helping others find their calling. If you or someone you know would be interested in sharing, please email us at cdl at stopclowningaround.com. What do you want to be when you're older, when you're big and a little bit bolder? What do you